Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Bowling Green, Kentucky with my good friend Cameron Huddleston of CameronHuddleston.com. Cameron was born in Bowling Green and returned when her husband landed a job teaching at Western Kentucky University. She loves that the pace of life is slow, the people are friendly, and the cost of living is affordable. In this episode, Cameron and I talk about hiking at Mammoth Cave National Park and Lost River Cave, historic cars at the Corvette Museum, and eating ice cream at Cheney's Dairy Barn. Here are these three amazing stories, plus a bunch more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bowling Green. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Cameron, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I actually know you through FinCon and I was actually visiting Bowling Green recently and I'm like, wow, you know, I bet Cameron would have some fantastic ideas for where to go and what to do and where to eat. And so I knew I had to have you on the show. And after being there, I'm like, this place is awesome. So excited for you to be here. What's your connection to Bowling Green? I have a very long connection. I was born here. I grew up here. I went away to college and then I lived in Washington, D.C. for six years. And then I moved back with my husband because he got a job teaching at Western Kentucky University. And we moved back in, let's see, 2003. And I have been here ever since then. So most of my life has been spent in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's fantastic. I think it was my seventh grade math teacher actually went to Bowling Green. I never really knew about it living in California, but now that I'm here in Nashville, you're only an hour and a half north of me. So it's pretty cool. Just really? Like not even an hour and a half. I mean, I guess it depends on traffic. So sometimes an hour is sometimes two hours. (laughs) (laughs) So since you spent most of your life there, like what's the main thing that really keeps you there in Bowling Green? Two things. First of all, my husband's job at Western Kentucky University. I have family here. So that keeps me here too. I think also whenever we do think about moving, and and I'll be honest, we do think about it because I do love bigger cities. The low cost of living is a huge draw. And when I talk to friends who live in New York City, California, you know, even in other states where the cost of living is high, I'm just so grateful for how much I can get (laughs) <laughs> for such a low cost here. So that's the big draw. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the things that really marveled me when I moved from LA to Nashville. Our house was 30% bigger and half the cost. And we're still in a pretty nice neighborhood. So I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can buy when you're kind of halfway in between the coasts. Exactly. So when we visited, it was just after Christmas and it was a little chilly, but it wasn't bad. There wasn't a lot of snow or anything like that. What's the weather like throughout the year? Well, today there is snow on the ground, but we don't usually get a lot of snow in the winter. Our winters can definitely be cold. Spring comes early. I mean, by April, it's warm. By May, it's hot. 
summers are pretty hot and humid and summers last long. I mean, you can still wear shorts well into October sometimes here. It's definitely a lot cooler by November. So we have a lot of warm days in Bowling Green. That's fantastic. Coming from California, anytime I can wear my flip-flops and shorts, I'm a happy boy, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) So the weather seems like it's good for a long period of the time throughout the year. There must be a lot of festivals and like annual events that happen in Bowling Green. What What are some of your favorites? There are, you know, and of course, during the pandemic, it's hard to say, you know, what's going to happen as usual, like whether things will happen as usual this year as they have in the past. One of my favorites, and this has been, this is a favorite of my family, is there's an orchard here called Jackson's Orchard. And every fall, September, October, they have apple festival. And so all their apples are harvested and they have any sort of apple treat you can imagine. Fried apple pies, caramel covered apples, apple cider, apple slushies. They have hay rides. And then of course in October they have pumpkins and you can go to get a pumpkin there. They have a whole area dedicated really to kids. They have these giant slides that kids can go down. They have a petting zoo. They have other various things kids can climb on and play in. And and I love it. It's just, it's so fun because you're outdoors and it's a beautiful setting on this farm and orchard. certainly can get crowded. It's something that my family does every year. Another festival that can be fun is the International Festival that happens in September. What might be surprising is that even though Bowling Green is a small town, we have a lot of countries represented here. We had a very active uh, refugee group. And so we have refugees who've come from across the world and who have set up residence and become a vital part of our community. We have a very big Bosnian community. We have, you know, various Latin American countries that are represented here. We have African countries represented in Bowling Green. And so they come out and share their culture at the International Festival. It's a lot of fun. That's fantastic. I, I actually just interviewed somebody from uh, Barat, Albania. So like learning about like that, the whole like Czech Republic area and everything. It's really cool and fascinating. And it's it's awesome that they that they found Bowling Green and they became a part of the community that way. That's just really what America's all about, right? That melting pot. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because you wouldn't necessarily expect it in a small town, but we do have quite a diverse population here. Absolutely. And, I, and we'll talk about some of the food too, because I imagine they brought some of their amazing food from all the different countries as well. So let's take a step back. If people are coming to Bowling Green, I know, like I said, for me from Nashville, it's like an hour, hour and a half north of here. Uh, so it's easy drive for me. But for people, say, from like the coast or, or any place else, how do they get in there? Is there an airport that they would fly into uh, or where do they go and how do they get there? Your best bet is to fly to the Nashville airport and then rent a car and head an hour north to Bowling Green. There is a very small airport. We did have some commuter flights going in and out just to select locations, but it's not its not something with a lot of commercial flights coming into it. So you would have to fly into Nashville, or if you flew into Louisville, Kentucky, and you wanted to head 
south, like say you flew into Louisville and you wanted to do the Bourbon Trail, you could head south, stop by Bowling Green on your way to Nashville, or if you want to head even farther south down to Atlanta or even down to <laughs> the Florida coast if you want. So it's it's a good kind of halfway point between Louisville and Nashville and a good stopping off point if you want to visit those two cities. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. Say we, we fly into Nashville uh, and then we drive up. Once we're there, do we need a car to get around? From my experience, it seemed like we did, but I, my experience was a little bit different than, than others. So once we're there, do we need a, a car? Parking seemed like it was pretty easy for us. And is there like Uber or public transportation if, if we prefer to do that instead of driving? So Uber and Lyft operate here. There are taxis too. There is a bus system, but it's very limited in its roots. And so I would say having a car is your best bet. And as you said, parking is very easy in Bowling Green. Nice. Okay. And as far as like places to stay, like we stayed at the the Hyatt place that's right there by Western Kentucky and it's right next to uh, Western Kentucky where it has the, uh, the little mascot. Yes. Big red. Yeah. We went and took a picture <laughs> next to him and then fraternity rows like right across the street. Is that a good place to stay or are there other parts of town that we should focus on uh, booking a hotel? That is certainly a good place to stay. So you are on the edge of Western Kentucky University's campus. If you head downtown more, there is a beautiful boutique hotel, the Kentucky Grand. Scottsville Road is pretty much the main thoroughfare for where a lot of the hotels, a lot of the restaurants are. So that's another good area to look. There's a big convention center, like the Holiday Inn, University Inn, you can stay there. There's Hilton Garden Inn in that area. There there are so many hotels <laughs> in Bowling Green, and so you really do have a large choice. Oh, good. When you mentioned the Kentucky Grand, I think that was the one that was near the stadium and also near uh, Hickory and Oak, right? I think it's kind of in that, yes. that little small area. And I was looking it up because it, it looked really intriguing from the outside, and the coronavirus is throwing things off a little bit, but in normal times, it seemed like it was also kind of a, like a, a lounge area or something like that, or some, like a bar or like a restaurant on top. Yes. Actually, it's a great location if you are visiting in the summer and you don't want to rent a car because you can walk around and do a lot of things downtown. It is right near that stadium you referenced. That's our baseball stadium. So we have a minor league baseball team, the Hot Rods, and it's a lovely stadium. The games are a lot of fun. And to be honest, the stadium doesn't get packed. And so if you're traveling in the summer and <laughs> we're still worried about the coronavirus, you can probably get a seat and not sit too close to anyone and, and feel pretty safe. But it's a lovely stadium. There are some restaurants, lots of restaurants downtown. You're also right next to our Performing Arts Center. And so, again, during normal times, you can catch a show there. Uh, we have Broadway shows that come through. Lots of big name performers will stop because we are between Nashville and Louisville and stop off in Bowling Green to perform. And so that hotel is right next to our Performing Arts Center as you mentioned, it's right near Hickory and Oak Restaurant, which is a wonderful restaurant, probably one of the best ones in Bowling Green. There's outdoor seating, indoor seating. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous restaurant, too. It's really cool interior. So love that place. Yeah, I remember walking in there because we, we had dinner there one night. And it just like the wall of like whiskeys and bourbons as you walk in. It's just really impressive. And I had this big fat steak. It was amazing. 
and we had this huge pile of fries and my son got this like ramen bowl with like big old chunks of steak and everything like that. I mean, it was bigger than his head. <laughs> and uh, he tackled he tackled <laughs> it down pretty good. But uh, wow, it, it was pretty amazing. They even had one ounce chunks of like Wagyu steak. Like I'm not a big baller with like the budget, like some people are, you know, uh, where you're going to spend a hundred plus dollars or whatever for a steak. But you can buy a small chunk of it for a little bit. And like it's just just nice to have that little aspirational something that you can add to your meal. <laughs> you know, and I got so carried away talking about all the things that were close by the hotel that I forgot to kind of answer to your main question was, which was about the lounge and the hotel. There is, there's a piano bar there. And so they had live performances. I actually have a friend of mine who she's a singer. And so she would perform there regularly at that piano bar at the, at the grand hotel. And so certainly a cool place to check out. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm looking forward to some of those things coming back. So I didn't really know much about Bowling Green. I actually drove kind of past it to go pick up a, a car. I had to go buy a car in, in Indianapolis. And, but I remember seeing a couple of things that seem really cool, uh, like bigger attractions that are in that Bowling Green area. Uh, there was the, the Mammoth Caves National Park, which is this huge cave. It's like one of the largest caves in the, in the world. Uh, and then there was also Kentucky Down Under. So those are like two like big attractions I, I know that were being advertised along along the freeway there. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those attractions as well as some of your favorites? Sure. So actually, Mammoth Cave National Park, it is, I'd say it's about 30 minutes north of Bowling Green. It's one of our favorites. And I will tell you that it's not the cave system that's a draw for me. It is the miles and miles of hiking trails that go through the park. Now, I honestly have not been in the cave since I was a little kid and went there on a field trip because, and that's just me, I don't love caves. I don't like the idea of being <laughs> underground, especially in tight spaces. But if you like caves, it's incredible. What's so amazing about it is that if you don't like the tight spaces, you there are there are lots of different, I guess, routes that you can go into in the cave, and some are really big and open. Some are really small. There are some that you can go that are much longer, and you have to crawl through really narrow spaces. But it's a wonderful place to hike, and there are loads and loads of beautiful trails, and some of them go right along the Green River. You can get down really close to the river. Actually, you can rent kayak and canoes and go down the river, There's there are horse stables actually nearby. And so you can take horses on some of those trails. I would caution you if you're going to hike, probably not to hike along the trails where the horses go. We did that. It was a mistake. You got to dodge the horse poop along the way very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those apples, uh, you got to watch out for the apples. Yes. We've been spending a lot of time there actually, because it's a great way to to get outside. And it's something that's really fun to do, certainly during the pandemic, if you don't want to be inside. So I love Mammoth Cave. We also have Lost River Cave that's right here in Bowling Green. It is a river that goes through a cave. In this whole area, there's a huge cave system. And so Lost River Cave, you can take a boat tour through the cave. Again, something I haven't done. The rest of my family has, <laughs> but because I don't like going <laughs> into the caves. But the Lost River Cave also has some nice shorter hiking trails, has a really great gift shop with a lot of items that are made locally or in Kentucky. And if you've got 
kids. There's this really kind of fun gem mining activity that you can do that's right outside the gift shop. And if you just want to hike around on the trails, that's free. You do have to pay to go into the cave. Uh, They also have a zip line there too. You have to pay for that, but you can hike for free. Yeah, uh, we did that little hike afterwards. And it it was cool because you mentioned that there's the river that runs through it all. I forget the name of it, but the river kind of pops up to the surface in different spots. And so as you walk along the trails there at Lost River, uh, you'll find these little, like look like almost like ponds, but it's part of the river that pops up out of the underground. I will say this, if you're claustrophobic or just don't like the idea of being underground like that, Lost River, like we got into the boat and we had to duck down. Otherwise you get bonked right in the head as you're going (laughs) through it. But we went on the Broadway trail at Mammoth Cave National Park. And this thing was so cavernous. I mean, you'd be more claustrophobic in your room, in your house than inside this. I mean, these things were absolutely massive inside there. And me as a parent, because I I brought my kids with me, it was really cool to learn some of the history of the caves. Back in the day, they actually treated tuberculosis patients down there in the caves. So it was really interesting to hear about the history of, of the caves and just what had happened over the years. And I think there's about 14 different trails you can go on inside the cave uh, at Mammoth Caves. And I guess they're open only seasonally, uh, some of those ones. But it's very interesting to to kind of experience that. Another cave that they had was at Kentucky Down Under. They had the Mammoth Onyx Cave, which a lot smaller, but it's still pretty cavernous. And it was pretty amazing still going in there, aside from experiencing everything up above. Have you been to Kentucky Down Under? I have not, but my kids have. It's one It's one of the many field trips that kids here get treated to. There's Kentucky Down Under. There's Dinosaur World nearby with these models of life-size models of dinosaurs. And the Kentucky Down Under is, you know, I think you can probably guess by the name. I mean, it's like Australia in Kentucky. There are Australian animals, kangaroos that you can pet there. And so um, I have not been, but like I said, my kids have been and had fun there. Yeah, my kids loved it. I, I loved it too because I'm kind of like a big kid. You know? <laughs> but uh, we, we were literally feeding kangaroos out of our hand. Part of it's fun as an adult, but I think as a parent, just watching your kids interact and seeing the amazement in their eyes, uh, to me, that's like that's what makes it all kind of worth it. Definitely. I think so. What are some of the, the lesser known attractions that we shouldn't miss when we come visit? Well, I would certainly highlight one of the bigger ones if you are a car fan. You want to go to the Corvette Museum because Bowling Green, Kentucky is where Corvettes are made. It's the only place where Corvettes are made. And you can see all sorts of Corvettes at the Corvette Museum. There's even an exhibit that shows where a sinkhole opened up within the museum and swallowed up some of the Corvettes. And they actually had to, they couldn't get all the Corvettes out of the sinkhole. And so it's now part of the exhibit where it's covered by like a glass or plexiglass or something like that. So that you can look down and see these Corvettes inside this sinkhole that opened up inside the museum. Certainly if you're, if you love cars or even if you don't love cars, it's something you might want to check out. Another real hidden gem, I think, is the Baker Arboretum. It was the home of someone here, Jerry Baker, in Bowling Green. And when he passed away, it became Western Kentucky University took it over. And so on the grounds of this man's estate is an arboretum, beautifully landscaped. And then there's also a museum, the Downing Museum, dedicated largely to the artwork of Joe Downing, who is from Kentucky and 
became internationally famous. I mean, his artworks are in museums around the world. He's no longer living, but it's a beautiful little museum that features his artwork and artwork of other local artists. And it's free and it is lovely. It's a lovely place to visit. Other fun places to visit, I think certainly just wandering around the campus of Western Kentucky University is worth your time because, again, it's beautifully landscaped and there are really cool sculptures throughout the campus. And especially if you got kids and, and you don't want to force them to sit inside all day, take them outside, let them run around the campus. You can look at the sculptures. You can look at the landscaping. It's really nice. There's another place on kind of the outside of town. There's a lake, Barren River Lake, and it's kind of between um, Warren County, which is where Bowling Green is, Allen County, and Barron County. There's a state park there. You can rent pontoon boats if you want, if you want to go out on the lake. But right near Barron River Lake is this great place called Paradise Point. And it's uh, this former chiropractor opened up this place and he's got all of his artwork on display and you can buy it. You can buy hot dogs there. There's other food you can buy. There's soft serve ice cream. And it's just kind of one of those really cool, quirky, fun places. One of those roadside attractions that you should definitely visit. I love it. My, my, <laughs> my kids love it. They think it's a lot of fun. And so if you want to go over to the lake and hang out there, there are some beaches at the state park. And like I said, you can rent a boat and go out on a boat. Another place I would certainly recommend going to is Boyce General Store. It's out in the country. If you're staying in the city limits, you got to drive, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes out to get it. And you're going to feel like you're going to the middle of nowhere, but it's an, it was an old general store and it is now run by this lady who is known as the pie queen for her incredible pies. It has been featured in like, Southern Living magazine. It's been featured in Garden and Gun magazine. And this place, in addition to her incredible pies and treats, you can get sandwiches, burgers, and it's only open typically on the weekend. And in the summer, during normal times, every month they had this wonderful event called Pickin' on the Porch, where they had musicians come out and play. And so you could get your food sit outside and listen to music under the stars. And I just love it. It's such a fun thing to do. Oh, that sounds like so amazing. I, I appreciate the fact that you shared you know, some things that are, that are free as well as some that are probably, you know, low cost or, or a few dollars anyways. And, and so it's good to, you know, families that are on a budget, like it's good to be able to experience a lot of, uh, that the city has to offer without kind of breaking the bank. It seems like a lot, like so much fun to do there. Uh, one of the things that like I know we tried, uh, we went to uh, Cheney's Dairy Barn. Yes, that one too. That's a good one. <laughs> we missed out on on touring where all the cows were because we got there a little later in the evening because it was it was winter time, so uh, the sun set pretty early. But uh, the ice cream was phenomenal, and they had this huge playground in the back. And my kids would have been happy just sitting there playing on their playground for like the rest of the day. It's a lot of fun, and in the summer they have ice cream in a movie. They project movies on the side of a barn and you can get your ice cream and sit on the lawn and watch movies. <laughs> Not yeah, It's definitely another good place to go to. One thing we, we did see though, like after we had our ice cream and the kids played, we walked into where they are milking the cows. It was really interesting to me that it's like so automated. Literally they, they have the cows go in on their own 
they have a little laser machine that like washes the udders and puts the, the suction cups on there and, and milks the cows and they have ID frequencies on them or something like that, uh, a tag. And they measure how much production each cow does. And if the cow isn't do, producing enough, maybe the, they can tell if the cow is sick before they can look at him and tell that it's sick. Well, not him, her, obviously, but <laughs> you know, but they can, they can tell. And it's, it's amazing how it's like so automated that way, but it's still, you know, the, it's still like that family owned operation, but still using technology to basically be able to compete with the, with the big boys, you know? It was pretty phenomenal. Well, speaking of food, we talked a little bit about obviously Cheney's, Hickory and Oak. What are a couple can't miss places when we're there visiting Bill and Green? Okay, so here are some of my favorites. They might not be everyone's favorites, but I do know these are favorites of a lot of my friends too. Nova Dolce, if you're looking for more, I'm not sure I would necessarily classify it as fine dining because you can take your kids there. (laughs) <laughs> and and I, I feel like when you say fine dining, you think, oh gosh, leave the kids at home. Nova Dolce, they do have a kids menu, but it is it's a little bit more upscale dining. I love it. The owner, I think, is Bosnian. Nova Dolce is great. It's close to downtown, but it's not in downtown. Four forty is good restaurant that is downtown. I love local taco. If you like tacos. Love this place. Uh, we have a wonderful Indian restaurant called India Oven that we get takeout from there all the time lately. Boys General Store, which I mentioned, definitely should go there if you're here on a weekend and you can go and pick up one of their burgers, pimento cheese sandwich. For coffee, I would recommend Spencer's Coffee downtown, and it's right next to a wonderful bakery called Little Fox Bakery. We do have food trucks in Bowling Green, too. And my favorite, you can follow them on Instagram. It's Empanadas BG. And the empanadas are outstanding. We also have a donut food truck called the Groovy Gus, the Groovy Gus Donut Bus. And you can follow them on Instagram and figure out where they are. And I would recommend getting the Groovy Gus donuts when the weather is good. They're out every day of the week in various places in town. Those are, those are some of my favorites. When we were there, we went to a place called Great American Donut. Yes. Okay. Gad's Great American Donut is incredible. And you, if you don't go to Groovy Gus, then you should definitely go to Great American Donut. Yeah. Their, their donuts are really nice. So many varieties also. The other one uh, that we went to was more of like a bakery. Riley's Bakery. Riley's Bakery. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was amazing. They have these little like tea cookies. The tea cookies. They were like yes. so good. But I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was looking at all these different things. I almost didn't know what to buy. There were so many good things. I would have bought like half the store if I if I if I had it, but there was like so many amazing things there, and pretty much anything you'd want that's a baked good, you're going to be able to find it there, and it's going to taste amazing from at least from my experience. Yes, I love Riley's. Like all my birthday cakes growing up came from there. The tea cookies are awesome, and usually you buy them by the dozen, and trust me, a dozen will disappear really quickly. So you might want to get. <laughs> A couple of dozen if there are a few people in your family. Yes, that was actually on my list of places too. I just kind of accidentally left that one off. It's, yeah, if you like sweets, then definitely Riley's Bakery. Well, Cameron, if I I don't watch out, I'm going to sit here and talk to you all day about Bowling Green and and your experience and like getting tips. So that way, when I go back, I can experience even more. But, But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Bowling Green, where should they go and what should they eat? One meal. This is tough because it really depends on what you like. Like you mentioned, 
And we talked about hickory and oak, which is great, especially if you are a big time meat eater. If you are not such a big meat eater, then I do think you're going to find more options at Nova Dolce. If you're vegetarian, certainly in the oven, those would be my recommendations. Okay. So save at Nova Dolce, what would you recommend uh, eating there? They have several dishes that I love. They have this salad called the Magnolia salad. that's delicious. It's got shea Brussels sprouts and there's blue cheese. If you want the prosciutto, you can put the prosciutto on there. They have this pimento cheese dip as an appetizer that I love. They have a Fra Diablo pasta that's penne pasta with a spicy sauce and bacon in it. My husband usually gets a voodoo chicken pasta that he loves there. I mean, there's so many good things on that menu. Oh, nice. Yeah. When I bring my wife, because uh, she didn't go with us the first time, when we go back, she's definitely going to want to go there because she's all about all the wonderful flavors that you described. Like you mentioned, you've, aside from living in D.C. for a little bit and going to college, you've lived in, in Bowling Green all your life. You, you have to have some wonderful stories. What's one of them? I think a lot of my memories actually growing up revolve around being at Barron River Lake because we had a sailboat. And my dad was really big into sailing. And so most of my weekends were spent on that lake, on my dad's sailboat, but oftentimes being dragged behind the sailboat. My dad would throw out a line and my sister and I would like put on our life jackets and he would pull us behind the sailboat in the water (laughs) because we were too hot sitting on the boat. And so I do have a lot of great memories being there. And I think... You ask anyone in Bowling Green, a lot of people would tell you they love going out to the lake. There are a lot of people who have houses out there or they they don't have a house. They've got a boat. And so they're spending a lot of time on the lake on the weekends. That sounds like so much fun. Just those wonderful memories you make with your family like that. So speaking of happy times, where's the happiest happy hour in Bowling Green? (laughs) Okay, so this is a tough question for me because I do have three kids and I'm not hanging out at happy hours a lot (laughs) anymore. I would say, though, that 440 Mickey's on Main has a pretty fun happy hour. And because it is downtown, a lot of people who work downtown, like the attorneys, the bankers, you know, and even college students, professors, they might head there for happy hour after work on a Friday or even on a weekday. And they have outdoor seating, which is nice, too. And you're right there on the square in downtown Bowling Green. And so that makes it nice, too. That sounds perfect. Right on. Well, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Bowling Green? I would vote for Mellow Mushroom. The pizza is really good, but I think more than anything, that restaurant is super cool. Again, it's pretty close to downtown and it's, I mean, Mellow Mushroom is a chain, but I definitely think the location in Bowling Green is so cool looking and so and they have a huge selection of beers. They have a great bar. So if you want to go sit at the bar, bartenders are super nice and you can eat your pizza and get recommendations for beer. And the pepperoni is is definitely good. The other flavors of pizza are just (laughs) as good too. Right on. Well, you and I know each other from FinCon. And so obviously we travel around a lot for attending that conference every year. So you you must know a lot about travel. What's your, your best travel tip? My best travel tip, especially if you're traveling with kids, is to do research before you go. Listen to podcasts like this one and go online and look at the visitor center websites. And, you know, if they've got publications like, you know, the bigger cities have 
time out in New York and go online and do your research and plan your itinerary. I don't like to just wing it, especially because I do have kids. And if I don't have a plan, people are going to start getting grouchy. So I want to know exactly where I'm going to go, where I'm going to eat, how much things cost. And I always try to find places that are not necessarily the top tourist attractions. I really want to get the flavor for a city. So I do use a lot of those kind of local resources, you know, trying to look up local publications or blogs that are written by people who live in the city so that I can get their top picks for places to go. That's a great idea. I, like I try to do like a little bit of a balance of it. Like I try to plan as much as I can, but I try to make sure I leave little spaces because my kids are you know, five and nine right now. And if I just try to slam through the day with attraction after attraction after attraction and not give them a little bit of a downtime, they're going to freak out. Right, right. Well, okay, so plan, but, you know, plan to have some downtime too, certainly. But I think it is important to have a plan or else you're going to, you might miss out on some good stuff. And, and again, people are going to get cranky if you don't know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, you know, I tell my five-year-old all the time, we don't have downtime plan until 4 p.m. So keep your uh, meltdown to a minimum right now. <laughs> At 4 p.m., full, full on meltdown, that's totally fine. But she doesn't always agree, unfortunately. Well, Cameron, I really appreciate you sharing all these wonderful tips for Bowling Green. It's an awesome place. Like I said, I've, I've been there once and I plan on going back again this spring or summer to explore even more. So your tips are, are personally valuable to me for sure. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then obviously also mention your book? And if people have questions, uh, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Sure. So I am a financial journalist. I have been for about 20 years. I write for outlets such as Forbes.com, Go Banking Rates. Lately, I have been doing a lot of writing for a new startup called Careful. It's Get Careful with two L's.com. It is a new service for financial caregivers. And the reason I've been working with them is because this is something that's near and dear to my heart. I have a book called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances. So I'm all about having these open money conversations between the generations. And as a caregiver for my mom for many years, and she had Alzheimer's, it's just so important I think to have these conversations before there are emergencies in the plan. And you can find out more about me and my book at CameronHuddleston.com. Right on. And if so if people have questions about your book or about Bowling Green, how should they reach you on social media? So on Instagram, it's Cameron K. Huddleston. And on Twitter, this is going to be a little bit confusing, <laughs> it is C-H- Lebedinsky, L-E-B-E-D-I-N-S-K-Y. That's my married name. Huddleston is my maiden name. And it wasn't planned well <laughs> as, far as, as far as branding goes, but you know, that's just what it is. That's all good. We'll have links to all that in the show notes so that make it super easy for all the listeners. So Cameron, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these wonderful tips. And I look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yes, we'll have to meet up and maybe go out to eat somewhere. What an awesome conversation with Cameron. I had a wonderful time visiting Bowling Green over Christmas break with the kids and can't wait to return this summer. you find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bowling Green. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner in today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs so that way you can stay free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEAD to save 10% off your order. 
Join us next time as we head to Bansko, Bulgaria to speak with my new friend Maria Stoyanova of TravelingBuzz.com. Maria and I talk about skiing in the Pyrenean Mountains, exploring Rila Monastery, a 10th century UNESCO heritage site, and the folklore at Mummer's Day. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 